Who long didn't listen, brought to you by the Nerd of Godcast. We're jumping in the Wayback Machine and revisiting the decade of the Disney Renaissance, Seattle Grunge, Ross and Rachel, and most importantly, the Furby. Tonight's the 1990s. So since we're talking about the 90s today, and I want to take this into a little bit of a worship direction, I've asked some of you guys if you had a chance to prepare to look. We're going to look in the book of Psalms real quick. If you have your Bibles with you, please open to the book of Psalms. And um, and we're going to specifically look in the 90s, Psalm 90 through 99. And uh, some of you guys have asked to bring a psalm in, and we're just going to read some of the 90s real quick. So I love the 90s in the book of Psalms. And, um, and then we'll close out this evening because we are out of time. It does sound like the rain has stopped, which I'm thankful for. Yeah, because Dorian just decided just to go to a standstill again. Momentarily. Did Momentarily. Really? That sounds about right. Lise Marie, you, you have a psalm? Yeah, I have Psalm 91, verse 2. Nice. And the actual, one of the reasons, I was between this one and another one, and the reason I kind of lingered on this one was because of a video I saw with the recent situation in the Bahamas. Yeah. I was watching it was really devastating but it was this mom and she was praying yeah. Yeah. during the storm and she was saying and something she kept saying is god you're our fortress oh wow my heavenly god you're our fortress as her house is like touring into pieces around her she kept saying that and i just in the, the verses i will say of the lord he is my refuge and my fortress my god and whom i trust and i just seen an embodiment of someone who is in the midst of devastation and still going you know god i still trust you you're still my fortress you're still my refuge and that to me i mean that's powerful and we see this as a scripture verse but it's not the the psalms were not written as teaching material they were written as these are songs Mm -hmm. people would sing this out as a declaration of praise to god leah do you have one Yeah, I'm going to read out of Psalms 98, and it just says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love that because I love to sing. And... um, so yeah, there, to the Lord. There's a song, and um, I think it was it was from one of the Acquire the Fire CDs. We used to bring the youth group to <laughs> Acquire the Fire back in the 90s. I love um, that. And there was in the middle of a song, they were doing "Awesome God." Our God is an awesome God. And in the middle, um, the worship leader, there's a kind of like he's exhorting in the middle of the song, and he says, "The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice." This is Psalm 97. Let the let the many islands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. And I feel like that's so metal. Like, I feel like that's not just like the, we're singing a lovely song. I feel like that's like the one that's like, like the distortion on the guitars. It's like the drum. Melt like wax. The the mountains melt like wax. And uh, it's it's just, it's so hardcore, man. I love it. Like when these guys, in the Old Testament would be like all like yeah dude God will burn your face off like <laughs> like it's like it's the, the Ark of the Covenant like in like Raiders of the Lost Ark God will melt you like wax because like they saw God at work in their lives man they saw God do these awesome things and it's like now we're gonna praise him because God is hardcore I don't know I like <laughs> like I believe them because they saw it mm-hmm. um, we got time for one more Stephen do you have one yes 
Um, this is in Psalm 90. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the first two verses. This is a prayer of Moses. It is a prayer I of didn't, Moses. I didn't realize this, that Moses, I didn't know that Moses ever wrote a psalm. Yeah, I, I was surprised that I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's really like, cool. Wait a second. So, this is the first two verses, because then it kind of gets depressing after this. But I do enjoy As the beginning. the psalms do sometimes. <laughs> they do. Those miserable down. psalms, like they're so depressing. I'm fine. <laughs> it start, no, I'm not. It starts off good, and then it's like, oh, we suck. But then, the guy, and then God is good at the end. But the beginning just says, Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from the beginning to the end, you are God. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know, Moses is the only one who could have written that. And I'll tell you why. Because Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Including Genesis. So Moses was the one to whom God revealed the creation of the world. Nobody else saw that. Adam didn't see the creation of the world. Abraham didn't see the creation of the world. But God showed the creation of the world to Moses. So when, when he writes that and he says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or you ever formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Because Moses was given the vision to write down of God hovering over the void and speaking the world into existence. Moses was really just writing what he saw. Uh, and, and, and as the first, as the, the, the chapter goes on, Stephen, and, and he's talking about all these difficult things that he's going through. You got to know Moses had a tough time and he had yeah. a difficult people that he was with. And, but, but for him to write that is so unique because only he... Of all the people in the world, only he could have written that. Yeah. Because he's the only one that God showed it to. And that's pretty awesome. I was watching a documentary on Netflix the other day. They have one for the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s. So I was watching the 90s one, uh, specifically the music episode. And they got to the part where they talked about the East Coast, West Coast rap rivalry. Yeah, Biggie and, it, and Tupac. Biggie and Tupac. And um, and I was I remember Tupac more than I remember Biggie. Uh, from from growing up, but um, because I didn't, you know, I didn't listen to those secular songs. Because I did. I did. Thanks, I thanks Rebecca. Thanks Rebecca and or Robin. Um, <laughs> so, the, but uh, Biggie and Tupac was a big thing, and, and you, you probably know the story if you're around in the '90s. But but the notorious Big, he he said this, and it really caught my attention. People were coming down on the rap industry. They were saying, "Oh my gosh, it's so violent." I mean, we had come from the '80s where it was all like. Uh, Will Smith, the Fresh Prince, going, my parents just don't understand, you guys. I just want to <laughs> hang out with my friends and ribbity-ribbity-rap. And, yeah. and Digital yeah. Underground with and, Shock G. And then, and, yes. and then you come out and it's like, you know, I'm going to shoot a mother. I'm going to kill a cop and I'm going to with my and the on the side. It's like, yeah. what just happened? What was on the side? Yeah, exactly. They just rhyme with it did. It was a soda on the side. That's right. It was a, it was a, a non non refined musical era. Um, but they they um they were talking to because they thought like okay the whole rap industry is going to get shut down here. Parent groups are freaking out. The government's cracking down. We're putting labels on albums and probably rightfully so. But they were talking to Biggie and he said, "Look, if I worked at McDonald's, this is a direct quote. He said I'd have made rhymes about Big Macs and fries and stuff like that." I'm in Brooklyn. I see hustling. I see killing. I see gambling. I see girls. I see cars. That's what I rap about. And the Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. So what Biggie is talking about here is surprisingly profound. Stephen, you mentioned Psalm 90. Only Moses could have written about that because that was what he saw. Yes. He had that unique experience. Biggie and these these guys, they're growing up in Compton. They're growing up, you know, uh, in, in, in these hardcore neighborhoods, and they're seeing this violence. They're seeing this lifestyle, and that's coming out in their music. It's coming out culturally. And it's it's not the cause. It's it's really the effect of 
of where they where, what their environment's been like. Um, I, I see that, and I see that the same thing with the Seattle grunge scene. I mean, what they're singing about and what their lifestyle was emulating was 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 who they were. And and any time that you see these cultural shifts, it's really a byproduct of of the culture itself. Uh, now, I, I when I heard that, and I was thinking about the Psalms, and I was thinking specifically about the lifestyle that we give. I just want to remind and encourage you guys that what we express, what we exude, is a reflection of what we experience. If you're walking with God, if you're trusting in God, if you're uh, following His Word and, and living what He speaks, that's going to be what comes out of you. If you're looking at the works of His hands, if you're looking for miracles in your life, if you're trusting in Him with all your heart and not leaning to your own understanding, the things that you express, the words that you speak are going to line up in that, and you're going to live with an attitude and an outpouring of, of praise. Your testimony is a reflection of your tests, and your expression is proportionate to your experience, and your praise is born out of your process. You know, what it is that God's bringing through you is to bring a more perfect and refined praise to him. That's what we were made for. So, yeah, yeah, we're talking about the 90s. If you grew up in the 90s or if you hold kind of those anchor experiences in the 1990s, whether it was your favorite breakfast cereal or cartoon show or you just had a crush on Zach Morris or Kelly Kapowski or whatever uh, your thing was or Slater, um, <laughs> whatever your whatever your anchor experience was, that's going to be a reflection in your love. I think about Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite, right? Oh, yeah. He had that moment where he was like, man, if I could just go back to 83, right? It's like, stick on pro. <laughs> Bet you I can throw this football over the Watch me throw this steak, Kip. <laughs> You know, whatever. It's like when you when your heart Jeez. is anchored in such a moment, like it's all you talk about. It's all that you want to. So yeah, like like you can definitely tell. And Leah, I'm not going to get all like psychological with you, but somewhere in the 90s is your happy spot. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know what happened after the 90s. I don't know if you're you you took some bad turns or took some choices or like. But but you go back to that moment and wherever you were in that season of your life and those things that you experienced, the relationships that you had, and and those things. Like you're going back to that because there's a treasured, preserved moment that still comes out of you, and I want to I want to be so in love with Jesus all the time that that's the the that treasured moment that that treasured experience that that treasured relationship is what's coming out of me all the time, mm. uh, and um and I just want to encourage you guys in that I just want to remind you that walk close with God because what you're putting into you is definitely what's going to come out of you in your praise in your expression in your lifestyle in your generosity. Um, and in your faith. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our 90s conversation. Um, join us back here in 20 years when we're going to talk about 2019. Wow. All of the great things from this year. Glad uh, That was the year Glad where, where Neff and Lisa Malise split off and started their own Nerd of God cast show. The Nerd of God cast. <laughs> Sorry, this was supposed to be a joke. It didn't work. Mm -mm. That mm -mm. flopped. Do you guys remember back in 2019 when Stephen thought he was funny? It was great. Uh, I get laughs. Yeah, he does. He gets laughs. I get laughs. There's one moment in the 90s that I think that we didn't talk about that was really, really big. As we prepare for the hurricanes that are coming along here, as we're going to step out of this building tonight into God knows what kind of weather conditions tomorrow. Something's going to uh, rock us like a hurricane. I'm just saying, like, we, we might step out, step into our house, and then we wake up in the morning, we're in Oz. Our house has been, you know, relocated by uh, by, by all the, the dubays that come along and suck us into the sky. Uh, or get pushed into the sky. You, you see all these people, and you guys, here in Florida, you, we, people are preparing for a hurricane. Everybody goes nuts, and, like, you, yeah. you go to the grocery store, and there's no bottles of water. There's no low. 
loaves of bread. Everybody's just gone crazy preparing. Everybody loses their minds. Mass hysteria. Everybody loses their minds. It's like, you survive on three cans of Coke a day. All of a sudden, a hurricane comes and you're a fish. You need 12 cases of water. Like, what's going on? Uh, So in the late 90s, we did have one big giant thing that caused us all a tremendous worldwide bit of anxiety, oh, yeah. and that was called Y2K. Y2K. Uh, oh, I thought you going to talk about Hurricane Andrew. I was like, I was 92. I totally didn't know where you were going with that. Y2K was the when the, the computers had clocks in them that were not set to start with the number two. They were always, it was 19 blank blank, and then they realized, oh crap, we never planned these things to go beyond 2000, <laughs> and they were afraid that the, when the clock turned over at, at January 1st, 2000, that the computers would all go, we can't compute, and they would think it was like 1901 or something like that, and everything would just crash. That fuel yes. pumps would stop giving gas, that planes would fall out of the sky. So crazy. They, 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 this was a legitimate yeah. concern. Yeah. Like, people I don't really. The logic. We were prepping for the end times. I we really were. We would save every milk jug, wash it out, fill it with water. We had a whole garage full of food. But here's the question. Like, it was, people really. We were, yes, they why. really there, did. There was a, there yeah. was a convention. It was like prepping for the end times. There's a whole convention That's, about it. Yeah. 2000 and what time zone? Like, does it start in Japan or? Does whenever, it whenever the things, whenever your local computers flip over to so 2000. So, people like watch, like, okay, in Japan, they're okay. We're we be had fine. a pretty good idea that the the bug would be fixed before 2000, but we like they spent that whole year seriously. I mean, billions, billions hysteria. of dollars prepping for Y2K, wow. making sure that the systems didn't shut down because we realized everything in this world is completely dependent upon computers. Yeah. And if they just shut down, it will be the end of the world. So th- that was a huge thing of preparation. Huge. And and f- reflecting from the 90s, we're taking it into our own world today as we're preparing for these storms, as we're preparing for hurricanes. You you look at somebody who doesn't have water and like they waited to the last minute, you go, you fool. You know, you knew this was coming. You had this opportunity. Jesus is coming back. It's a promise that he made. Just like Y2K. Just like a hurricane. And it won't change course. And the computers won't fix it. He's coming back. The only way that you can be where you need to be is to prepare now for eternity. You can do that by trusting in him. If you'd like to know more. Holler at us at nerdgodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to talk with you a little bit more about how you can put your life in the hands of the one who was cool in the 90s and is still cool today. Mm-hmm. For the Nerd of Godcast, Leah, thank you for joining us this evening. Yay. Thank you for having me. It's been a distinct so pleasure thank to you. have you here. You thank guys you. should have seen her face as she was talking about her favorite things in the 90s. Her grin was like ear to ear as she was talking. This a was serious. enthusiast. Like you didn't say that at the beginning, but really. She is definitely. <laughs> yeah. She is the curator of all 90s Ambassador nostalgia. slash, yeah. Exactly. And well-deserved. Uh, Jackie freaking Wilson. Bye. Steve-O Supremo. I was, I'm going to admit that I didn't know why 2K stood for year 2000 until I was 15, 25 years old. I didn't know that until just <laughs> Until now. he was 15, until 1525. Steven is a time traveler. <laughs> Nicholas W. Sadler. Goodbye. The big man, Quentin Neff. Bring back Kablam. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Bring that back Grubber. Mm, all that is back. All that, yes. Lovely Lady Lee Smotty. Make a choice. And over the corner, Jaslyn freaking Jewel. She waved. She, waved. she waved. She said, yeah. That's her daughter. That's Leah's child. My name's Tony T. Until next time, we ain't got to go home. But we can stay here. Watch out for the hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs>